Let's talk about psych, baby, huh? Let's talk about you and me. Mm, let's talk about stage changes, communication, and batteries. Cool, let's talk about psych. Hey, lovelies. Welcome to another episode of Mr. Interrogate Her. What do we have on the agenda today? So on today's agenda, we're discussing thoughts and experiences on the Black Lives Matter movement. Okay. So let's get right into it. And the first question we want to get your thoughts on uh, what do you think about why some people prefer all lives matter? I think it's been explained time and time what Black Lives Matters um, means and what it means to the people in the Black community. So, in my opinion, I think when people are using all lives matters, it's very, uh, it's very much a cowardice way of basically saying that they don't feel like whatever you're fighting for is that important, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily a concept like a lot of people like to mask it in, where you know they're just trying to say there shouldn't be a division between race or anything of that sort. It, at the end of the day, there are lots of studies, a lot of studies that are conducted by white people, mm -hmm. so their own, you know allies i guess you could say at times too because this is in history as well not just current literature so literature that was even created back maybe in the 80s or 70s when white people genuinely didn't necessarily like us or didn't necessarily want us to be a part of the community right. they were still honest a lot of times in specific research and it does show that a lot of white people didn't necessarily think the suffering of black people was important mm -hmm. they didn't really think that there was a need for them to be asking for more so there's just so much that's kind of wrapped in it but i think the long of the short of it at this point with all lives matters is we know that you know overtly saying that you don't necessarily care about a minority group or overtly stating that you know it's not important for you to fight for another person's cause would cause a lot of back you know backlash or anything okay. so i think it's a very cowardice way of somebody kind of saying Blue Lives Matters or All Lives Matters, which is another way of kind of saying, you know, screw you and screw whatever you're fighting for because we feel like what we've given you to this point is enough. Sure. And that's just my own personal opinion on that. Okay, okay. Well, thank you for that insightful uh, piece on that. So, you know, we want to kind of follow up with that and discuss something that's at the heart of the movement as well mm -hmm. and uh, we were just wondering you know why do you think more black police officers are not speaking out at this point in time you know i think that it's very easy to say that the black police officers that aren't speaking out don't necessarily care as much or maybe they're coons or whatever mm -hmm. the sort but i think it's important to recognize that the black officers have picked a career, mm -hmm. um, they have families, they have, that's like, that's their livelihood, right? Mm -hmm. They also have to depend on those people, the people, the good and the bad, right? The people that they probably maybe not, and I think it's really also important to say that not every black police officer is going to have the same experience as the police officers that were, you know, in the George Floyd type of crime, right? Sure. Okay. So not every police officer is going to necessarily have to keep their mouth closed on such a drastic case, right? A lot of them are dealing with implicit racism. A lot of them are dealing with things that they're not necessarily able to pinpoint, not necessarily right. able to write down on paper, right? right? So you would really have to be deciding between, am I going to be that black person who is saying that I recognize there's issues and I'm going to divide myself from my community, even though, and community in terms of cops, because that's their job, right? Sure. Yep. So without 
proof, right, or without evidence. Um, some people go into policing because they might have experienced a lot of suffering, oppression in terms of the way they were growing up, whether it's through their neighborhood, whether it was through, you know, their own personal family experience. So a lot of people even necessarily went into policing to protect people. So in order for them to speak up and speak out, they know now I'm going to lose the backing that I have in regards to my partners who I need to depend on for my own life. But I also don't necessarily want to separate myself from this community because I feel like we do need to be here, right? So I think there's just a lot of moving pieces is what I'm trying to say when it comes to being a black officer. I don't think it's as simple as many people like to think. Are there police officers who I think are simply coons or, you know, don't give a crap about black people? Sure, right? right? Yeah. And are there black people out there who I think could be doing more in terms of policing? Sure. But I also have to recognize, as I said, these are people who have picked a career yes. where they might have thought, you know, I want to help and I want to be a part of this system in order to make sure that when I'm out in the community, my black counterparts are being thought for appropriate reasons. I'm able to report on things that are happening and I'm able to protect my community. Right. right. And I think with that comes everybody who's in a workplace as a black person, such as you and I, where we also have things that if we were to be going out gun blazings or if we're trying to necessarily tackle everything that's going on, we're really going to have a hard time being successful in our space, right? right? So as a black person who's even in a in a space in terms of mental health where I know that there's a lot of things going on and a lot of different moving pieces, I think it's very easy for someone to even turn to me and say I'm not doing enough or turn to me and say that I'm not vocal enough or turn to me and say that, you know, I shouldn't even be working in the space that I'm working in because it's not supportive enough for black people right? right so i just think it's really important to understand that not everybody who's working in a space that necessarily is dominated by whites or dominated by a certain system has bad intentions or ill intentions or doesn't want to speak up i think that's also a part of the problem is that they don't have the voice to speak up they don't feel comfortable enough to say what they're thinking they don't feel like they won't be discarded or you know thrown out of their community in terms of the police officers and you know their peers and all that different stuff so yeah i think um what i would kind of just end on is a really good book that people could read um if they're like interested in just i guess the system as a whole um shoot what's that book called that i was reading Anyways, if people are really interested, oh, what is that book called? Actually, I really want to think because that was actually a really good book that talked on this. Come on, come on. Okay, there it is. Okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. I would suggest they read in the name of children, um, and in that there's actually a profile her profiler who's a Jewish man, and at one point in his career he decided to go against his peers and, you know, say that basically like this person that you guys have imprisoned is not the rapist. We found the rapist, he's admitted to it. And a lot of his peers want him to cover it up. He decided he's gonna, you know, out it and, you know, tell the truth and address it properly. Well, after he did do this, uh, he would find against him and he still had to work there. He still had to be a part of that system and he still had to decide, so do I leave this community in the hands of people that clearly don't really give a crap about these children or do I kind of somewhat comply and try to figure out a way where I can be a part of this while you know navigating all these moving pieces so long story short I just think there's so much more to um, 
black officers and what they're dealing with right now. And I can understand through frustration and anger and disappointment why people might be quick to assume that all black officers are one. But I think that's also, you know, goes into what black people don't like, which is we're not all the same. And it's not, you can't label a whole general, you know, community or, you know what I mean? Like, okay. you just you can't do it. It doesn't make sense. So. Okay. Certainly appreciate your insights <laughs> on that. Now, you know, something we also wanted to discuss was whether you think anyone who has a platform should be speaking out. What do you think about that? Um, you know what? I don't necessarily think everyone who has a platform should be speaking out. I actually truthfully prefer a lot of people who don't speak out because they have no clue what they're talking about. Um, they're not necessarily well informed on anything that has to do with the Black Lives Matters. So it's really it's actually harmful, if anything, right? Especially right. when you see people like Desi or B. Simone saying stuff who have the platform and then having to retract it and apologize. So it's like, no, I don't think everyone should speak out in the sense of speak out with their own voice. Right. I do think, though, that, you know, people who do have a platform should be doing stuff like Leslie Gordon's doing where he's giving people who are well-informed about the topic their his platform to speak out for him if that makes sense so okay. what he had was people went on his live and he gave them his instagram password right. and they basically went on his instagram and hosted right? right so like those are things where i think yeah influencers most definitely should be doing that but do i think that every influencer has to now pretend that they are well informed on social issues that they probably necessarily maybe didn't even care about yesterday and that's not necessarily, you know, to discredit them at all, but that's just the truth is that people have their lanes, people have their interests, and this might not been have been one of theirs. No, I don't. And I think it's actually harmful that we are pushing this narrative that everybody needs to speak out on everything. Um, equivalent to today, I've seen one of those, you know, Bumbaclot, Twitter, you know, mean stuff, and it said depression. And what somebody said, and that got retweeted, pretty a lot actually like got retweeted many times was you know if you have somebody who's depressed that you shouldn't tell them what it would mean to you for them to leave their life because then you're making it about you and not them right. that's actually completely false there is absolutely no evidence that actually shows that somebody who's in depression shouldn't be hearing what they mean to others if anything when people are depressed they often don't feel like they have any worth or value to the world okay. so of course they should be hearing what other people who care about them have to say does that mean you have to discredit their feelings or their emotions or what they're experiencing absolutely not you can credit somebody's feelings you can validate them you can reassure them you can do all those things but should you be letting somebody who's suicidal or depressed know how you feel about them and what your world would look like without them yeah you tell somebody that when they're healthy, so you definitely should be telling somebody that when they're depressed or suicidal. Sure. So that's what I'm saying when I say not everybody needs to have a voice on everything. Not because um, I don't think you should have an opinion on things, but I think it should be you should be very wary of what you say and how you say it when you're an influencer. And that's why I think, no, we don't all need to have a voice necessarily, but I do think we should all be using our platform for better. And as I said, that might just be bringing somebody on or having a conversation with somebody who's well-informed and getting the issue out there whatever way you think is best. But, no, some of y'all need to stop talking. Like, okay. we're good. <laughs> well, thank you for those comments, Miss Confidentiality. And uh, I suppose we'll change a tangent here. 
You could change the what? Change the tangents here. What? Change the tangents. No. Nobody's gonna know what, what that word means. Please. Layman. Layman terms. Well, thank you for your insightful words there, Miss Confidentiality. Why don't we turn the page here mm -hmm. and uh, discuss how you feel about the performative allyship, quote unquote. Well, I think that kind of falls into that piece of people speaking on issues that they don't know about a lot of times, right? I think everybody wants to be a part of the conversation, whether they're a genuine ally or not, you know, everybody wants to make sure that their image is being, uh, you know, maintained or they want to make sure that their corporation doesn't get backlash or whatever the case. Okay. And I think that's where it directly falls into that performative piece. Um, do I think that some people do have good intent when they do it? Yeah. Absolutely. Do I think that they necessarily consulted with anybody that had to do with Black Lives Matter that was well-informed? Probably not. Hence why it ends up being performative allyship a lot of times is because people are doing things what they think others need to hear or see or want opposed to actually getting well-informed, actually learning about something, you know, forming their own opinion, forming their own, you know, stance on it and then moving forward right so i i think there's a bit of a blur i think some people who are being labeled as performative i do think think they have you know great intent in all those things but do i think they're you know do i think they know the issue in depth no i don't right so they're doing what they think people want them to be doing in order to be an ally right so i think it just really comes down to a lot of people um, not all, but a lot of people who are being labeled as performative or a lot of businesses or corporations or even governments that have been, you know, considered performative. It's because they don't have people in there that should be representing black lives, mm -hmm. which is the pro part of the problem in itself. Right. So it kind of is a bit ironic because you have an issue here where people are saying black voices are not being heard. Black lives are not being considered, we're not being appreciated, and all things of that sort. But then you still have a room full of white individuals deciding what black people need to hear yep. or know in order for them to move forth. So it's like, stop trying to sort it out yourself in the room full of, you know, Harry, Tom, Dick, and Jerry, and get a black individual in there to help you out and let you know what we really want from you. Sure. You know, and as I said before, you're not going to be able to please everybody and i don't think this movement is about pleasing every single black person i think it's about making people have the bare minimum when it comes to rights and you know okay. treatment and i don't think that's a hard thing to do when you hire on three to four black people whether i don't care how diverse they are i think at the core of it a lot of black people have the same wants yes. and would be able to help you moving forward in order to make sure that you're not being performative or making sure that you're being held accountable that within three months six months, eight months, this all doesn't just fall away. Not because you necessarily don't care, but because it doesn't necessarily impact your day-to-day. -day. So it's very hard to keep something at the forefront of your mind when it's just not impacting you. That's just the reality, sure. right? So get sure. get the black, get those black voices, get those black voices in there. Get those black voices on your PR team. <laughs> well, certainly appreciate Ms. Confidentiality. Why don't we wrap up with this question? Mm. And then, uh, you know, it's a bit of a, mouthful but uh, okay. when will change come oh so I think that that question is not as hard as it seems at least for myself I think when I think about that it really comes down to a message that I 
learned a long time ago is that you more than likely won't see the change that you want to see and i actually learned this from an indigenous elder and what he basically taught me was that the amount of years it takes to oppress and degrade and you know destroy a community and a, a, as a whole so mm -hmm. like you know whether it's indigenous whether it's black whether it's asians like whatever the case it's going to take three times as long to correct it oh. and when you think about that it really is disheartening because you think holy smoke i'm not even going to see that right mm -hmm. but when you actually look at what racism is and look at what um you know oppression is in itself and look at these huge systems that people are trying to tackle yeah there's just no way that it's going to get done in 30 years because even if it you know you paint the building and it's all nice you still got to rewire it you still got to do new plumbing you still got to put in a new heating system That's then right. you still gotta you know make sure that the people in there have a certain mentality and they're not being corrupted so there's just so many moving parts to it that I really that really resonated with me and although I could see why somebody might you know become a bit hopeless because they're like holy smokes like I'm not like all this we're feeling all this we're experiencing is not going to end soon I think it's just about thinking about tomorrow right and I think that's like a really a, 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 the reason why I think that a lot of indigenous people are able to have that mentality and hold on to it and still push forward is because they're more collective right. right and i think because a lot of black people were taken from their you know collective society and put in these individualistic societies it's really hard to think about you not benefiting from something you're necessarily working so hard for but it's like life goes on and there's going to be a new generation and there's going to be my grandkids grandkids that i would want to know that are living in a different world than me so do i see change coming anytime soon on a macro level, absolutely not. Do I think there's a lot of small things that we could do, which in the end will change a bigger system? Absolutely. Well, thank you once again for your thoughts on the Black Lives Matter Miss Confidentiality. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll sign out on that note. Bye, lovelies.